What's up, After Buzzers? We are here for Still Star Cross Season 1, Episode 2, and we're going to be talking about all the drama between the Capulet and Montagues. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. So dramatic. Very appropriate. Right. This episode was <laughs> extremely dramatic. Hey, After Buzzers, my name is Candace Cruz. You can find me all on all social medias at Candace R. Cruz, and I'm joined with my co-host. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. I'm Olivia Gabri. You can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter, the real OG. And uh, before we get started and yeah. dive into this extremely dramatic episode, um, Obviously, all the content we bring to you is completely free, so in order to keep the lights on, we luckily get these awesome sponsors, and today's sponsor is Denny's On Demand. So, you know, as if being able to run to Denny's after a night out or any time of the day wasn't enough, now, through the Denny's app, you can order breakfast, lunch, and dinner 24-7 whenever you want, completely accessible, and if that's not enough... You actually get a 60-day free trial of Hulu when you place an order. That's amazing. Like, number one, I love Denny's pancakes. Not going to lie. Late at night. But now I get Hulu. So it's like, you know, you get to binge watch your favorite show and eat whatever meal you want because we all know how, how many options Denny's has. And... They actually give you a longer free trial than Hulu, Hulu does, does at itself. The yeah. yeah, so yeah. I'm I'm very impressed. I think I think I'm going to take them up on that offer. Oh, I will this weekend for sure. I think I might tonight after the show because <laughs> I'm a little hungry. Yeah, so I might hit them up, bring it to my house, and watch me some Hulu. Can't so. wait! Yeah. And you can actually watch Still Starcross on Hulu too. See? So done and done. it all weaves Meshes in together. together. Mm. Perfect. And I don't know about you, but this episode was crazy. Yeah, I mean, it was, but I feel like we have a little bit more background on each of the characters now, so things are starting to make a little bit more sense. I liked this episode way better than the first episode, not gonna lie. You did? Yeah, because I think what you just said is that now I actually know what is going on. Like, I think the first episode... As good as it was, and amazing that like they they brought us from like the original story of Romeo and Juliet. Now, like I feel like these characters have their own storyline, mm-hmm. and I believe it more than like I felt like the first episode. I was still trying to get caught up with like who's the original who? story and yeah. who's who and like what's going on. And then now I feel like there's so much more like solidified between the characters, their relationship, learning more and more of their backstory. You know, I agree. Because, you know, when you hear about the show, you automatically just think Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. But we kind of just bang them out in the first they're episode. Done. Done. So Bye. they're good. And now we're moving on to our new main characters, obviously. Uh, Rosaline being Rosalind. number one. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she is in it, like in the heart of it. She's being betrothed to Benvolio, as we saw last episode. Mm-hmm. And then we obviously saw that she was so in love with Aeschylus, which I loved that the opening scene, we got to see a little bit more of Aeschylus's position of why he can't be with Rosalind or what their backstory was, because we always saw was them like talking across the balcony last episode. Right. But this one, we see the king saying, you know, you cannot side with either family. It would be the end to our monarchy. It would be the end of our like reign. So mm-hmm. I have a carriage outside waiting for you. You cannot talk to Rosalind in it, story. It actually makes sense, though. I mean, mm-hmm. as bad as I do feel for the prince, because it's obviously clear that he is in love and has been in love with Rosalind for 
a long time now, like yeah. before her f- father died, before his father died. But to be in the royal family, you're outside of the Montague and um, Capulet beef pretty much. Mm-hmm. And if you sided with one, it would anger the other and it would just, it would cause corruption within um, power. Within well, power, yeah. but it would, I feel like the other family, the Montagues, would go to overthrow because mm-hmm. now they see that one is sided with the other. And it just invites outside parties in because it is so corrupt, it would be easy for any other state or group of people to take over the entire area. And the king even says that. Like, he warns him. He's like, we Mm -hmm. are not strong enough. And even we see Isabella. She says that a lot. She's like, we we are not strong enough. If we are not strong enough and, like, withholding the crown and holding power, Mm -hmm. then anyone else can come in and just knock us down. Right. And I feel like Aeschylus is kind of just faking it until he makes it. Because it's obvious he's he's a softie and he... He wants to, you know, be a normal person, but at the same time, you have to appear to everybody that you are in charge and you have a hold on all of this. So I feel like he's exercising his power and becoming something he's not just for the sake of proving himself, you know? Yeah, we see a lot of that because, like, I don't know how much I like Aeschylus right now because he is such a flip-flopper that I can't handle it. I know. Like... I understand you're trying to, like, learn how to hold power and you're trying to, like, take over the crown and make it your own. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard because you just got thrown into this whole, like, mess of Romeo and Juliet and now the war between the families. But, I mean, to play with someone's heart that many times in one episode alone, I'm like... Come on, dude. And to stab somebody with a, a fork. fork? Just just to show Ooh. that you have power and can do whatever you want. I mean, I think there's other ways to exercise that. Oh, I think so, too. I mean, he's very young. I think it's just very much an immaturity within power. Yeah, like, I his, don't think he knows what his the His sister's heck he's doing. on his ass, of course. <laughs> She's the one ruling, let's yeah, just she be honest. Is. And he doesn't want to give it up to her, so no. he'll just do anything to please her at this point, I think. Yeah, I mean, she even says, you know, strength and sacrifice is one of her lines of saying, you know, he's the only one with the crown, so he has Mm -hmm. to show and, like, withhold the crown. So so show strength by stabbing somebody with (laughs) with a fork and sacrifice your true love to be with somebody else. And killing someone. So there was a lot of juicy stuff from from Aeschylus this episode. I don't know. I'm just not a fan. We, I mean, we open up with like the flashback from uh, episode one where they're kissing and mm-hmm. Benvolio's obviously caught them and they go back and he says, yes, they're still betrothed. Take them away. It's interesting that Benvolio kept that secret. I wonder if he's like keeping it in his back pocket for later just you know in case. Yeah. yeah. I think he's going to use that to his advantage. I mean, even seeing like talking about Rosalind Benvolio's relationship, I mean, it's not romantic by any means right of course they're enemies in a sense yeah but i think them um at the dinner at the Mm -hmm. feast when the two of them together i know we're kind of jumping around the episode a little bit there's just a lot to talk about but like benvolio and rosaline coming together like you can easily see within that quick clip that they are going to end up plotting something together yeah i feel like they have similar character traits Mm -hmm. and even though they're not in love, they still have the same end goal. Neither of them want to be married. No. And I think that they'll probably end up working together to come to a better ending that they're both happy with. 
Because both of them became heirs to something that they never wanted to be heirs to in, to begin with. Exactly. And now they're like the puppets of their uncles. Mm-hmm. And 100%. And we can see that both of these families are on thin ice regardless. Like, when we get to see, like, Lord Capulet um, and Lord Montague on their own, like, both of them are struggling in and of themselves and just not exactly. letting the niece and nephew in on it. And they have underlying motives that they aren't Mm -hmm. really exposing to anybody else. I mean, to the outside world, it looks like they're just trying to make amends to the two families, but they both have a hidden agenda. 100%. Like, a very hidden agenda. I think, like, especially if we talk a little bit more about the Capulet family itself, Mm -hmm. you know, we realize that Capulet's old money. Mm -hmm. They've had money for forever, but it seems like their funds have run out. (laughs) Old money ain't so old anymore. Uh, yeah, I mean, they can't even build their own cathedral. cathedral. That's right. Two generations. Two generations. That's a long time to build something. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that they're only like a few months away. I'm like, two, gen- two generations and we're only a few months away and now we're stopping? Like, come on. Exactly. Like, let's keep going. But- so it's, it's clear that they need money from this marriage and mm-hmm. they were originally going to get it by marrying off Juliet to um, Paris. Yeah. However, since Juliet's no longer living, they need to find an alternative, which is marrying off Rosaline. Mm-hmm. But she, like, she is so serious about not getting married. She and she, from the beginning, she never wanted love. No. So isn't it kind of weird? Like, why wouldn't they make marry Livia off? Because I think Rosaline's oldest, so you have so to kind of do first. by like succession. She's the okay, first. I see. But I mean. Rosalind wants to go to the nunnery. Like, she does not want <laughs> Complete any part opposite. of this. Like, she's like, done. I don't want any of it. Uh, because I think she got burned way too much with Aeschylus. And then the fact that she lost her rank. Like, I think they made it a little bit more evident within this episode to see Rosalind's, like, fall from power to regaining mm-hmm. the power. Like, we even see Isabella coming to visit Rosalind. Yeah. And saying, I'm glad we can be friends again and we can have our relationship again. Because... If my assumption is correct, since Rosalind's parents died, when she fell from power to become, like, the servant and the maid, like, Mm -hmm. she fell out of the court. She fell out of everything. Exactly. And people are probably not allowed to associate her in Mm -mm. the same way because she was a servant now. Yeah. But um, someone in our comments actually predicted that Isabella and Rosalind had a type of friendship just by the way that they were communicating with each Mm -hmm. other in the first episode and come to find out that's actually true. I mean, at this point, we don't know what their relationship was like, but it's very clear that Isabella had to fall back because of the fact that Rosalind... um, you know, yeah. knock down a ring. Yeah. And Isabella is not one to falter from rank. Like she is through and through <laughs> like, I am the princess. This is the way it is. Right. Like, and she even in the comments between Rosalind and Isabella where Rosalind's pleading, you know, talk to your brother. Like, I don't want to be married to Bimbolia. Mm-hmm. Why are we doing this? There's got to be another way. She's like, you dare question your prince. Like, I mean, you can see the friendship and the role reversal really quick exactly. between the two of them. I can't really figure Isabella out. Like, I'm not sure if I like her or not. In some ways, uh, she seems kind of mean and, like, sneaky. But then the fact that she was so happy that Rosalind would move up in rank and then they could be friends again. And she was seeing this marriage not only in making amends between the two families, but also that Rosalind gets her old life back. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she's conscious about that is 
kind of surprising. I think there's so much more depth to Isabella than we're getting to see. Like, mm-hmm. she's a strong woman, strong character in general. Like, she's very strong-willed, very stubborn, to say the least. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a lot more to her that she's not letting out because she knows that, I mean, from her father's raising, like, she cannot show any weakness whatsoever. So she's going to hold that front as hard as possible. Right. But I think there is some more, like, lovingness and depth to her. Like, I mean, even if we flash forward to the end of the episode when someone, like, is beheaded, like, you see her cringe. Like, there's no, like, just sitting there passively through it. Like, she's upset. Visibly. Yeah. So she's a human. She's a human. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God we have uh, She's a human. But, um, no, I mean, this whole Capulet family, it's got some dirt on them. There's so much going on in that family. Yeah. Like, with Liv trying to save Olivia. I'm sorry, I shortened her name. <laughs> she sorry, gave her guys. a nickname. Gave her a nickname, Liv. Uh, Livia trying to save Paris. Yeah. It's just, there's a lot of secrets, but I don't really, especially with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, it's obvious that these two are going to get together. Oh, duh. Like, because she's saving off. him, and all she wants to do is get married. He's rich and has a title. Like, this, this is her. Yeah. This is her lane. Livia's in her <laughs> she's lane. Happy. She's like, this is what I'm doing. But I, we still don't know why Lady Capulet wants to keep this such a big secret. I don't know. I mean, like, I, what do you gain from this? And at first, last episode, I thought it was because Paris knew something about, like, Romeo and Juliet, Mm -hmm. that that's why she wanted to keep him in the dark. But we clearly see that's not the case, because Lady Capulet herself is questioning why she would kill herself. Like, she doesn't get it. So I'm wondering why... It must be another reason why she's keeping Of course. I mean, we know the character of Lady Capulet's very shady, and she always has an ulterior motive Mm -hmm. where she wants... She gets what she wants... And there's a reason why this Paris thing is, like, so low-key. Yeah. I do like how they kind of had with, like, Olivia. I keep wanting to call her different names than her name. Livia <laughs> um, is putting the, the hot boiling water on Paris to, mm-hmm. like, sterilize the wound. But they don't know at the same time that it's sterilizing it. I think it's kind of I know. like a throwback to the times. Well, like, yeah, the medicine was nothing at that point. No, so to see how they're trying to handle all this is crazy. I mean, even if at this point, if we were trying to save <laughs> someone's wounds like that, I'm not sure they would survive. Never mind. No. And we have access to modern medicine. So, yeah. But I mean, the way he wakes up and looks at her in the eye and saving my life. I yeah, mean, the of course. Is he's he's always going to be like, oh, you're the one that saved my life. I mean, she's I have beautiful. to marry you. Yeah, like, I'm not I mean, complaining. Right, exactly. But it's I just that's my little prediction right there. Okay, we'll throw that in there for, <laughs> for Paris and Livia love. Yeah. Ooh, that's nice. Paris Livia love. That's right. Yeah. But I mean, the Capulet family itself, all of that good stuff. And then obviously Lady Capulet didn't like Rosalind from the get-go. Mm-hmm. We had that whole confrontation. But now she thinks that Rosalind is the reason why Juliet is dead. And it's ironic because Rosalind now has to sleep in Juliet's room. Oh, that's kind of creepy, It though. is. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's creepy aside from the circumstances. Mm-hmm. I would not want to sleep in my dead cousin's room no. like a week She's pre- essentially just taking her spot because yeah. now she's the one that's marrying a Capulet. She's a la- I mean, a Montague, rather. She's a lady Capulet. Mm-hmm. She has to sleep in Juliet's room. It's like she's the Capulet's child replacing Juliet. But it's ironic because she played such a large part in Juliet's death, and yeah. now she's 
lying in her bed, it's kind of messed up. It is. I mean, we see the power struggle between Lady Capulet and Lord Capulet, though. Uh I think that marriage is going to falter real quick. I mean, can it even, though? (laughs) I I think they probably just have to stay together. I don't know what was acceptable then, but I'm sure they had to stick it out unless someone kills the other. Mm. But I was thinking that because it's so ironic that uh, Rosalind has to sleep in Juliet's room, if word ever got out the knowledge and the role that she played in Juliet's death, it could almost seem like she did it on purpose to... From outside standpoint, yeah, one hundred percent to get out of being a servant, yeah, and just go going up a rank. I mean, us as the audience obviously knows that that's not true, but yeah. I could definitely see that playing out um, easily. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and I mean, hopping over a little bit to the Montague side because I think that's pretty much like most of what that is going on in Capulet Land. But Montague's like Benvolio's not going down without a fight. No, and it's obvious, um, I didn't realize before why the uncle had such an issue with him shaming the family, but he tried to arrange a marriage for Benvolio before, and mm-hmm. he blew it. Yep. So this time, the pressure's on to follow I through. I mean, he finds him in a whorehouse. Like, come on. Yeah, but that seem, seems like a common... Benvolio thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I do like seeing uh, Benvolio, he's starting to get really strategic and realizing that, like, okay, this is what I gotta do. Like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna step up to the plate. Like... Uh, Lord Montague presents him with a task. Right, to figure out why the cathedral was halted in Mm -hmm. the building. I mean, he was strategic about it. He had that little girl run through, Mm -hmm. paid her off, like, like warmed up to the architect and learned everything that there was to know that the Capulet's money is no longer. Yeah. So now that the Montagues have that knowledge, I'm wondering, I mean, how could it be to their advantage because now they know that the Capulets need money. They're going to do whatever they need to do. I think they're going to extort the Capulets at least. Yeah. Like, I mean, we see that even when they go to the feast and you've got one family on one side and one family on the other. Mm-hmm. Like, Montague's the first one to get up and say, my my nephew is now betrothed to a Capulet. Like, he's trying to exercise that, by the way, our family's going to surpass yours. Right. And the fact that he suggested that they marry in the cathedral, mm-hmm. it's just like a little, little a dig. dig. Yeah, and I mean, seeing, like, I mean, Capulets are losing someone. Yes, they're losing, like, I mean, the Montagues are gaining the more yeah. power because they're marrying off a daughter versus a son. Wouldn't exactly. that mean there was some, I feel like well, that would be something. it's like a tit for tat, you know? Yeah. One gains power while the other gains money. Plus, I mean, the Capulets have to get a dowry from the Montagues for Rosalind. So I'm yeah. wondering if that's, like, no, Montague's like, well, we know you need money, so we're going to get whatever we can out of you before exactly. we give you that dowry. They'll probably ju- juice them, juice oh, them out. of course, 100%. Because they could strategically do it because they came from such a poor place. I feel mm-hmm. like they're probably... Sharky. Yeah. They sneak through. Yeah, they're, it, they know what it takes to get to the top, and they're mm-hmm. willing to do it, whereas since the Capulets are old money, they may not be as strategic because it's just a luxury that for generations and generations they grew up in and they never knew the struggle. I mean, until now, the point where they can't even build their own cathedral because they're struggling so much. Yeah. And I mean, even to the point to where Capulet ends up killing his architect. Right. Just to keep it on the low. Just to keep it on the low. He's like confronting him saying, you need to finish this. And you know, the architect holds up his morals. He's like, no, I'm not taking the fall for you. And ironically, still took the fall. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I liked that one-liner that yeah. Capulet had. 
But this whole like love triangle thing with Aeschylus and Rosalind and Benvolio, I'm interested to see where that goes to, though. Like, all three of them are so, like, dependent on one another. Mm-hmm. Like, the crown and Capulets and Montagues cannot exist without the other, but yet they're trying to be each other's demise. Right. If you really think about it. It's like, I could see it going a couple different ways. Mm-hmm. It's either Rosaline and Benvolio team up to destroy this whole thing, or Benvolio has this piece of information that he saw the prince and Ro- and Rosaline hooking up. Yeah. And we know how strategic he is now because of this episode. So who who knows what he could do with that information? Oh yeah. And the fact that oh we forgot a big point. Uh Rosaline slept over at Aeschylus's house. Yeah. Like, or and castle. And they had to house. keep it on the low as well. But he that's another thing. He flip-flops so much. Like, at one point, he's like, no, I won't marry you off. You're not going to be the betrothed anymore. Like, you're going to stay with me. We'll figure this out. Yeah. She spends the night, and the next thing you know, she wakes up, and he's like, eh, no, She needs sorry. to tell him to beat it. <laughs> right? But at the same time, she can't because he, he runs the show. Mm-hmm. It's a really sticky situation. And it, it's, yeah. And the fact, like, he comes back to say that after he's seen something very traumatic. Mm-hmm. After seeing, you know, Romeo chopped up all Uh, that was really gross but now here's my thing i think i think there's a third party involved in half half of these issues especially um definitely with romeo's body Mm -hmm. i don't see that being a capulet to you no i don't think that they would even number one stoop that low yeah or think of that because they don't even like i feel like that's a new level of disrespect Mm -hmm. like that's ultimate disrespect i mean i know somebody um defamed the the statue mm-hmm. that they had by juliet and this could be seen as like a way to get back at them but i feel like because that that happened someone is setting it up to seem like a capulet would do that to get back at them when i think it's just way too extreme for them to even pull off. Yeah. I mean, we know that there are outside cities that are trying to take over Verona. We've heard right. that enough from enough of the characters that we realize that they're, Verona is not stable or safe mm-hmm. by any means. So I'm wondering if someone knows these two families are at odds. Let's the more you weaken the infrastructure, the yeah, you put salt in the wounds, it's going gonna, it's gonna to end. Exactly. And aside from that, it's not exact. We never saw Ro- uh, Livia and Rosaline's father die. No. And for all we know, it may have not even been a Montague that killed him. Yeah. You know what I mean? That could be another outside party that did that. Yeah. Because obviously, if a Capulet dies, everybody automatically assumes a Montague did it, and it just sparks more problems between the two. What if Paris is like the Trojan horse? What if he was originally coming in to break down the infrastructure, not to save it? That could be. Because he's, you know, that really makes sense. He's mm-hmm. the only outsider within this entire storyline so yep. far. And why would Lady Capulet want to keep him safe? Because if he's on the Capulet side, she's at least, like, mm-hmm. keeping the last holding bit that she has to the outside world that could keep them safe. Yeah, that's fair to say. I mean, he's valuable to them in some mm-hmm. way because he has a title, he has money, he has power. So I just, I'm interested to see how they use that to their benefit. But mm-hmm. that is a really good point. Yeah. I I mean, and 
I think they're on red alert with Aeschylus and him. Like, he's making a point that he is Prince. Like, he's mm-hmm. trying his damnedest to make sure that he's like, listen, respect me, respect the crown, da-da-da-da. Right. That he's even gone to the extent of, if a Capulet kills a Montague, or a Montague kills a Capulet, you're put to death. So I don't right. think anyone's going to be doing this at this point now. Well, that was something his father had put into play, right? And now he's just enforcing it? I think, like, right before he died or something. Yeah. yeah. So he... I, in order to appear strong and appear in power, he has to follow through, although it's really extreme. I mean, he kills, was it, I could not catch, was it a Capulet or a Montague that he ended up killing? The red-headed boy. I'm not sure what family. I don't know what family he was but a part it, of. Was it, it as an assumption that, that because of the Romeo thing? No, he killed because he killed another family, like whichever part of the family he was oh, on, he okay, killed the opposite. Okay. So that's why he, it seems like he was a friend of Aeschylus at one point because he like wasn't going to sentence him to death. Yeah, and then but then he had to. Yeah, Isabella in his ear. Pushed him. But I mean, that warning of a public execution, I think, why would you go and chop up a Montague? I exactly. feel like that would be warning enough. Like, I want to keep my head. I'm not going to do anything yeah. to like jeopardize that. That's that's why I don't think it's either. Mm-mm. Because who would be ballsy enough to do something no. like that? And Aeschylus is smart. He's like, make sure you put the body back together as much as possible, cover it up in the shroud, oh. and like make sure that no one knows. Because if not, oh I mean, yeah, war, yeah, that's war right. Would go even harder. I can't Ugh. believe they chopped off a body. It was so gross. Like oh, I thought, poor because, Romeo. I know, right? His poor. Oh no, I'm not even gonna go there. The head just. Mm-mm. A lot of heads flying off. Well, this I th- right? I thought it was the architect at first because it was a shot after like Capulet pushed off the architect. So I was like, oh, okay, Capulet's like getting rid of architect. It makes sense. <laughs> getting rid like, of the body. Getting rid of the body. And then next thing I know, I'm like, no. oh, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. While he's off killing someone else. Well, I mean, then we know that it wasn't Lord Capulet that yeah. did it, you know? They're all ruthless. Yeah, no one, it's just, like, life no, after life, yeah. no remorse. Yeah, but, I'm, I mean, that I think that's another reason why I love this episode so much is that we get to see all the different entanglements of the relationships with everybody, like Rosalind with her uncle. Rosalind and Livia's relationship is not strong right now. I know, but God bless Livia, though. She's not even, I thought she would be way more mad than she was, and she was kind of, she just saw the silver lining of it. Take me with you. Yeah, she's, like, doesn't even care that, her sister's getting married off and not her. No. But that her sister's getting married off to a Montague who supposedly, to the best of their knowledge, killed their father. Mm. And all she can really say is, just take me. It was so sad. <laughs> I know. I feel badly for her. Because I mean, that's what she really wanted. Paris. Oh, yeah. She'll, and that would be better for her if Paris is a good person. Yeah. But I, since I she saved know. his life, I think think that he will have some type of loyalty to her yeah whether he was sent in there to mess shit up or not he'll he'll still have a soft spot for her what about livia though like taking power i mean we know that she wants to get married she wants to marry well she wants to like be happy blah 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 blah, Mm -hmm. all this other stuff but like she seems very like um impressionable and passive so i'm wondering if paris is a bad guy will she become bad will she follow Oh. And like become, I don't know, like surpass her uncle I could, and her aunt, like betraying her family. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all We're know that Rosaline would, here, but. yeah, but she has such an opposite personality. I'm not sure 
it's like either for love or betraying your... You know what? They made her a servant. There's no way she could stay loyal to them. No. I mean, I wouldn't. I'm sorry. You made me a servant. Mm -mm. Yeah, I wouldn't either. No. I'll do my P's and Q's. I'll fall in line. But if my chance comes... Yeah, you're out, sucker. I'm getting you back. (laughs) Burning your ass. I don't know. I mean, what are your... Do you have any other predictions or anything else about this this episode that we haven't covered? Because I feel like... There was so much in there. Um, I mean, no, I just, just the, uh, the Benvolio has a secret, so I'm, I I don't really have a prediction for that, because I don't know what he's going to do with that, Mm -mm. but ultimately, my biggest prediction is that there's a third party involved in this beef, a person who's stirring the pot. They're either from Florence, Venice, or Milan, I wrote that down. (laughs) They're from one of the three cities. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's pretty much, you know, I mean, there's no silver lining yet other than Olivia's mind. Yeah. She's the only one that sees a silver lining in all of this. No one's seeing anything positive. I'm interested to see how Aeschylus handles this going forward. I mean, he even called the crown barbaric at one point. He was like, when he had to sentence that man to death. Um, I don't know. I could easily see later on down the road, Rosalind and Aeschylus do end up together and Isabella takes over the crown. I wonder if Isabella will find his weak spot and, like, overthrow him. But is that possible for a woman to take complete power? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, no rules right now at this point. Like, I feel like right now, obviously, no, but she's set in her ways. Like, she's not going to budge. Well, I think she she just cares about, main, like, maintaining the crown. Mm-hmm. Whereas... But if Aeschylus is weak... I mean, if she's wanting to protect the crown. Like. Um, he is weak. <laughs> he's yeah. very weak. Very. Yeah. I don't know how he's going to maintain this. But it seems like because they're bringing up Venice so much, I want to say that people in Venice have a part in this because mm-hmm. they obviously are familiar with Aeschylus and they probably are aware of the beef yeah. because he had to be sent away to learn how to rule. He went to Venice. Yeah, he did. I exactly. I but he went to. Because he went there to learn how to rule, that's why he's so soft. So at the same time, it's like, are the people in Venice more civilized and more organized? Would they do something like this if that was the case? It could go either way. It could. I mean, if anything, they could easily just be like, we know better than you, so we're going to do this one little thing. Right. We're going to take over and we're going to take care of you. Yeah. You nick one thing and the rest just falls in order. Because, I mean, Romeo was already dead. Yeah. So they technically, in their minds, if they're civilized, I don't know. Yeah, like, we didn't kill him. We didn't do it. (laughs) He's already gone. We're just making a point. I mean, what did they write on the wall, though? For when? Right, with Romeo's blood, which is gross. Oh. I I couldn't catch it either. I'm going to have to go back wrote. and we'll add that in the comments. Yeah, let like, us know what they wrote. I couldn't see. Yeah. I mean, I was really happy, though, with our last episode. Like, it seems like this show's getting a lot of good reviews. And a lot of you guys have been commenting and, like, letting us know, mm-hmm. like, what your predictions are and stuff. Yeah, and it was actually a book um, before yeah. the show. Okay. But I, I have a feeling that it probably isn't going to go exactly by the book. No. I think because in Shonda's shows there's so many twists and backstory to yeah. things that like go so far back that we there want. are other there I think there are going to be other depths that the book probably hasn't explored mm-hmm. I mean I I kudos to all them like I love it and I've been watching more and more of the interviews too like it's getting so much publicity just for the fact of like the casting alone mm-hmm. too 
I mean, like I said last episode, it's very, it's not traditional. No. In any sense, not in television, not in reality either, because these multiracial families are placed all throughout the story, but no one's even really acknowledging it. And I was watching one of the interviews, apparently they don't ever acknowledge it. Which I like. They don't That's ever explain extremely it. Extremely different. They just cast whoever they thought best fit the part, which yeah. I think is like so revolutionary within. Oh, it television is a hundred percent. And like having a, a lady at the helm of all of this too. Mm-hmm. Like Rosalind is the main like character. She's the main bitch. She is. She is. She's, she's holding down the fort. Yeah. All right, guys. Well. Let us know all of your comments and your like predictions of things because it's getting juicy with this right. show already. And um, because this the show air, airs on Sundays, yeah, or Mondays, it airs on Mondays. So we are moving next week to a different time. Yes, because I know some people in the comments said they had wished that we aired closer to when the ap- yeah. actual episode aired. So you can catch us on Tuesdays now mm-hmm. at 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Yep, so this is the last time we're on Thursdays. Tune in on Tuesday at 10 p.m. And you can follow us on all of our social media on AfterBuzz and find the podcasts and comment in all the YouTube comments. I've been going back and liking and like commenting mm-hmm. in there, too, because I like seeing what everybody's saying. So Yeah, give us those five stars, people. Yeah, give us the likes, follow, subscribe, all that jazz (laughs) all that stuff all right guys so we're gonna wrap it up here my name is candace cruz you can follow me on all my social media at candace r cruz thanks so much for tuning in and i'm olivia gabre hit me up at the real underscore o underscore g we'll see you next tuesday bye guys (laughs) (laughs) from executive producers maria menounos kevin undergaro phil svitek and the entire AfterBuzz tv staff We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 